Hello and welcome to another episode of Reptile Living Room. Uh, once again in this episode we are covering the women of herpeticulture and herpetology. And today we are actually getting to talk to Kristen Wiley from the Kentucky Reptile Zoo. And uh, we're going to learn about her experiences uh, within the herp herpetology and uh, herpeticulture industry as, uh, you know, being obviously a woman and uh, some of her experiences. And of course, today we are brought to you once again by Herpeticulture House Ezine, the only magazine that is dedicated to content and not the advertiser. You can find us at herphousemag.com. Once again, it's herphousemag.com. And uh, we'd love to uh, have you drop by, grab an issue, grab a subscription if you really feel like it. Um, it's to us, it's definitely worth it. Uh, you know, it's written by herpeticulturists for herpeticulturists. Uh, we are going to get some herpetology in there pretty soon. So definitely give us a tumble. You know, it's herphousemag.com. And without further ado, here's Kristen Wiley talking about uh, misogyny in the world of herpeticulture and herpetology. We're on the phone today with uh, Kristen Wiley uh, from Kentucky Reptile Zoo. You folks, uh, I'm sure, have uh, seen her work all over um, the Kentucky Reptile Zoo website, things of that nature. So, Kristen, uh, to kick things off, how did you first get into reptiles? Well, my story's probably not typical because I was not one of those five-year-old kids running around picking up toads and garter snakes. No, <laughs> um, <laughs> so I certainly, I mean, I think that's great when people do, but um, I was actually more of a horse person as a kid, um, and I still am as active as I can be um, with horses, but obviously my time is somewhat limited now. But um, So that was kind of my first um real interest with animals, but as I got a little bit older, you know, grade school and, and you know, middle school and stuff, I, I kind of developed just an interest in animals in general okay. and an interest in being some sort of zoologist, but I really had no preconceived ideas about reptiles or, or really any group. I just kind of liked animals in general. Okay. And uh, then when I was in college... Uh, one of my professors, Marty Rosenberg, who's now retired, but um, he had a bunch of animals uh, in his lab. He had several snakes and uh, um, a few lizards, and uh, I took two classes with him. One was a herpetology class, and then the other one was just a vertebrate zoology class, which was kind of like comparative anatomy. Mm -hmm. And uh, both of those just really, I mean, I had kind of been, you know, not on the scientist track really at that point I was thinking more going to med school and stuff and uh, I, those two classes and, and a couple others that I took um, really kind of pushed me back towards what I had originally been interested in and in, in working with animals mm -hmm. and I think the fact that he was there and and kind of you know there were these animals available for me to see and, and appreciate um, and he started letting me help you know clean their cages if he was out of town or you know that kind of thing right and uh, I joined the uh, NOAA, the Northern Ohio Association of Herpetologists, mm -hmm. and uh, started going to those meetings, and, and then I got a corn snake, um, and uh, that was really what got me started with reptiles. And I did an internship at the Cleveland Zoo doing some field work with aquatic turtles, okay. and uh, they were doing a population survey of the park systems around Cleveland. Mm -hmm. And that was really what kind of got me started. And then I came here as an intern and never left, essentially. <laughs> um, <laughs> so ever since, darn the bad luck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I, it's not 
typical because so many people who are interested in, in some sort of herbs, they're always like, oh, when I was a kid, I caught this. And I can vaguely remember, you know, seeing a snapping turtle in the yard or something. And my family was always, you know, oh, look, there's deer in the yard or, oh, you know, look, I, we see a hawk by the side of the road or whatever. You know, they were that type of family to notice that thing. So they never would, you know, kill a snake that came in the yard or anything like that. But right. they... They, you know, it wasn't like a, a household full of things. Like I know, you know, some people kind of, you know, collect whatever they find and you know keep it around and, right. and that sort of thing when they're kids. And I, I never did that at all. Exactly. Now, speaking of family, what did they think of, you know, uh, you getting into, you know, reptiles and that kind of thing? Were they supportive you know, or I, kind of fearful about it? Or um, I, I, I have to say that I think one of the greatest things that my family ever did for me was to tell me that I should do whatever I thought was what I should do. Oh, very cool. And, um, you know, when I, when I, if I talk to people who are getting ready to have kids or whatever, I, I always tell them that, you know, that's the best thing you can do for your kid is to support them in whatever their interests are. Right. And I was lucky enough to have that. And, and um, my, my mom, I think, you know, doesn't, She's, you know, she's not fearful of snakes like some people are by any means. Right. But she, she's not, she doesn't want to, you know, walk around with one around her neck or anything like that either. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, you know, she's not, you know, in love with them, but I think that she, um, you know, appreciates what we do here. And I think that she, you know, like I said, is just supportive because she believes in being supportive of what her kids do. Um, I know my dad was supportive of it. He's he's passed away a couple of years ago now, but um, my stepmother thinks it's cool. Um, <laughs> so, um, really, you know, on both sides, I've I've always had a lot of support in whatever my interests were, um, and I I've I've really been lucky in that regard. I have to say, when I uh, my last year in college, I had I had grown from from having one snake to having like six or seven or something like that, and I had a a little hognose snake that got a respiratory infection. Mm-hmm. And so I was giving it antibiotics of some sort. And I actually was able to get my mom to hold the snake still while I was giving it the shots. Oh, really? So she really, I mean, <laughs> wow. you know, like I said, they're not like her favorite thing or anything, but she was, you know, able to able to do that. So, yeah. you know, let it be in her house home. and stuff for a while. So, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> Now, um, when you first got into uh, reptiles as far as herpetology is concerned, did you encounter any challenges that you feel were would be considered a direct result of being a woman? You know, I, 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 when you mentioned that, I, I've kind of been stewing on it, and I, I can't really think of any mm-hmm. of anything where I felt like I was treated differently, you know, because I'm female mm-hmm. in the herp community. Right. Um, but I, I, with a, oh, okay, I can think of one actually. Jim just reminded me. <laughs> <laughs> so this is this is a little thing. It's not it's not a big thing. Um, <laughs> but I, I will tell you that what I was going to say before he before he interrupted me so rudely. <laughs> um, I, I would I was going to say that I I I do occasionally encounter it in just dealing with people in general. So, you know, I think that it, you know, if people do encounter it in in the herp community, I think it's more, you know, a result of just that some people, 
you know, may be chauvinistic in some ways. Right. And, you know, many other people are not. Mm-hmm. Um, just like there's still prejudice, you know. Sure. Even though, of course, many people are not at this point. So I think it's kind of along those same lines. It's just, you know, you get all sorts of people anytime you have a group. Right. Um, but the, the one example that Jim reminded me of is I was in the field um, with um, well, a small group of people, and we were okay. we found a we found a boa, uh-huh. and um, the one of the one of the guys who was with us um, didn't think that I was capable of catching it because Jim was like, "Hey, go catch the boa," and I'm like, "Cool, I'm going to go catch a boa," and he. The, the other guy was there kind of like got in the way and was like trying to I, I think he was trying to help me by like trying to hold it still with his hook and, and stuff but, but actually he was really just getting in the way right. <laughs> um, but then after I had you know picked up the thing and we were looking at it and stuff then it kind of changed to you know I would never saw that behavior from him again Right. so right. I you know we interpreted that as being a little bit chauvinistic, though. I, you know, I suppose it's it's equally likely that that it was misinterpreted, and he was, you know, just not sure that a young person could do it. You okay. know, fair enough. So, um, you know, I don't know. I, I I I have to say though, I'm probably not the most. I don't know if I want to say aware, <laughs> but I mean, if I'm going to go and do something, I'm pretty much going to go and do it. You know, like I don't I don't really need someone's approval unless it's something that's really you know dangerous and i don't know what i'm doing or or something like that that's different but if it's you know catching a non-venomous snake i'm not going to look around and see if it's okay with everybody first you know what i mean so i i mean (laughs) there might have been things directed at me that i kind of missed too (laughs) possible now speaking of doing dangerous things you are one of the few women that i'm aware of that actually work with uh venomous snakes on a regular basis, on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> now, what has, have you had any, um, do you feel like you've seen any aspects of, you know, chauvinism or misogyny in that aspect of, you know, being well, one of the rarities in the industry? Um, you know, Jim told me, I, well, first of all, I guess I should say that I never really intended to have a career with venomous snakes. <laughs> Um, it's totally accidental as a result of ending up here, um, okay. and, and doing the internship here. When I shortly after I started the internship, there was a, a conflict in the schedule or something, and and there was an educational program that that Jim couldn't go and do. Okay. And uh, and he was like, "Can you go do this program?" And I was like, "Yeah, that's fine. You know, let me know what you want me to talk about and, and animals and stuff." And we, to this day, still use a, a copperhead and a timber rattlesnake in the vast majority of our school programs because those are the native venomous snakes and we right. think kids, especially kids living, you know, right in, you know, with their house backed up to the woods, they should sure. know what the snakes look like and know some general information about them and stuff. And he was like, well, you know, I'll, I'll show you, you know, a little bit about these, you know, how to hook these snakes so you can take them to the program. And the, the, we had a copper and a timber at that time that were like, you know, extremely used to being handled and they were, mm-hmm. you know, relatively you know, easy to deal with. I mean, they were still venomous snakes. And I think the first program that I did, I had them probably both out for a total of two minutes. Right. <laughs> you know, um, but, uh, and I just like lifted them up and set them on the table and talked about them and then lifted them back up and put them back in the box. Like I didn't, you know, hold them up in front of people or anything. Right. Um, 
initially, but um, so that was kind of how I started. So it wasn't like intentional. It was just, oh hey, you're you know, I, I need you to kind of go do this this talk, and I'm I, I like talking to people about um, about reptiles. I like doing the program, so I was happy to go and do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was kind of like. You know, I flipped into it, and then as I was here longer and longer, I mean, that's the majority of the animals that we have here, so, you know, there isn't right. that much to do if you're not helping to take care of the venomous <laughs> stuff. So so that's kind of how I got started, and, I mean, you know, we have so many here that that you end up with a lot of experience with them if you're working here, just kind of because that's what you're doing all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, and there are certainly other women who work with venomous snakes. I mean, I know of at least... I can think off the top of my head of at least a few that are doing field research with rattlesnakes. Right. Um, and, and you know, of course, Denise down at, at Carl Barden's place, I mean, she, mm-hmm. you know, she works with them and stuff. So, there, I mean, there certainly are other women who, who oh, work with snakes, you know, but um, there's definitely, a, I mean, the subset of herpers that work with venomous is, of course, smaller than the larger group, too. So. Right, right. Very yeah, true. right. Yeah, Jim's reminding me, we actually have a, a female keeper here right now who's, you know her her first venomous snakes experience has been raising hundreds of baby cobras so oh, nice. <laughs> you know so, so there's two of us here <laughs> awesome now um looking um and actually one of the other questions uh, that came up in some other of the uh interviews that i've done with uh, some of the other ladies in the, in the industry what is your perception of these calendars and posters and stuff like that the know been showing up lately to you know support various organizations with you know scantily clad either being scantily clad uh you know females holding large snakes and you know that whole thing or yeah oh I, i'm way too laid back to really be offended or, or have a problem with with that sort of thing okay. i mean i um i mean i know that that some women feel like you know, it, it makes makes women into a sex object or, or whatever. But mm-hmm. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I, like I said, I'm just <laughs> I, I'm not that uptight about about that sort of thing. I feel like if people um, you know people want to do it, then you know, if no one's holding a gun to their head to you know hold a snake in a bikini or whatnot. I mean, and and some of those are really raising money for for good causes. I know the one that they did in Florida was all raising money for, you know, research and, and conservation and stuff. And, you know, what the heck? I mean, if people are, are wanting to, to spend money on it, then, you know, sex sells. That's, that's how the yeah. world works. So, yeah. you know, Very that's true. okay. So The last question for you. Uh, was looking forward in the next 10 years or so, do you see any significant changes for women in herpeticulture or herpetology? Well, I think that... Um, at least I certainly hope that it'll, you know, become a non-issue to mm-hmm. some degree. I mean, I think that, um, you know, I, I sort of feel that way about, you know, people of, of different races and, or, you know, different ethnicities. If you're, you know, if you're thinking about whether or not that person is Hispanic or white or whatever, mm-hmm. then you're not really focusing on what's important. And I, I sort of feel that way about chauvinism and as well, you know, if you're worried right. about whether or not the person is a male or a female, then you're you're not really worried about the right thing. So, you know, I, I hope that that we can all get to that place, you know, in both aspects. Right. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I I think that there are, uh, you know, especially the 
at least what I see, you know, in our intern applications, you know, people mm-hmm. coming out of college and stuff, I really feel like it's pretty evenly split between males and females. Oh, very cool. Um, I certainly don't notice, you know, a heavy tilt one way or the other. I mean, there's there's years where we'll have had a bunch of male applicants or a bunch of female applicants, but um, usually it's pretty even. I mean, I, I haven't gone through and counted them all up, um, but I've been hiring interns here for, for about 12 years, and I, I certainly can't think of, you know, ever noticing, oh, boy, there's an awful lot of, of guys this year. Sometimes there might, you know, the ones that look like they would be good candidates might be all male or all female, but right. <laughs> um, as far as just, you know, the, the numbers themselves go, I think it's been a pretty even split, uh, really, since I started. So, oh, cool. you know, I don't, I think it's, you know, I think historically there was, you know, of course, as we know, more men, um, but I think that, you know, the whole idea of something being acceptable or not is really, you know, gone by the wayside, and so, you know, as it the, the older generations kind of age out, mm-hmm. um, I think that, that we'll end up seeing a pretty evenly split. And, and, you know, not to say that they did anything intentional to keep women out. I don't I don't mean to imply that, but just that, right. you know, certainly 50 years ago there was a different outlook that on what it was okay or not. That was the culture for, time, right. Right, right. Gotcha. So. Well, very cool. So. So, now, um, <clears throat> the Kentucky Reptile Zoo, how did, um, just to give you guys a little bit of a plug here you guys do educational talks you guys um, do venom uh, extraction yeah right uh, um, and, and we have an exhibit uh, that, that's kind of the, the three main things that we do okay. um, if people want to find out more about it we, we do have a website which is kyreptilezoo.org okay. uh, we have a YouTube channel which you can just search for, for Kentucky Reptile Zoo um, and we have a lot of YouTube videos, <laughs> um, over a hundred um, wow. uh, venom extractions. There's lots of venom extractions, obviously, because that's what we do a lot. Um, right. But there's also um, snake hatching and, and being born and breeding and um, a, f- a few other things. I mean, we kind of try to video stuff as we as we go. Um, and we have a Facebook. You can like us on Facebook. Oh, very I think cool. that's all of the stuff that we do on the internet. <laughs> Okay. I don't tweet. I, I draw the line <laughs> there. <laughs> it, it's spending time on the internet, but um, but we do have a the zoo does have a Facebook. Um, Very cool. And I'll make sure and so, put uh, all that information in the show notes too, so when people come to listen to the show, they can actually see that in the show notes and actually. Okay. All right. Well, I, I appreciate that. You know, if I if I may give a plug to a, another organization as well. Oh sure. Um, Please do. In, in about five days, um, we're leaving to uh, to travel to Sri Lanka. Um, with the folks from uh, AVRI, that's Animal Venom Research International. Right. And they have been working. um, Dr. Fry? Um, No, I don't think he's involved. Um, The guy who's kind of started and put it all together, his name is Roy Malepa. Okay. And he's a Sri Lankan, but he he lives in California. And um, he is basically basically an an effort to get... um, Sri Lanka its own anti-venom um, because it's an island uh, the snakes there have had some genetic drift probably or, or you know, at any rate the venom is, is somewhat different from the snakes right, in the right, right, Indian right. mainland and the Indian anti-venom doesn't really work super great in uh-huh. Sri Lanka and so we're kind of acting as the consultants for the husbandry and extraction side of things wow. uh, but they're working with, 
with several other organizations, and they've got a list of all their collaborators on their website, which is, I think, just avri.org. Mm-hmm. Um, it might not be. There's, a, there's little acronyms. I know there's always a bunch, but yeah. um, but they, uh, they're trying to do something really good. Uh, Sri Lanka has a very high instance of snakebite death per capita right. um, because they don't have a good antivenom. So um, we're excited to be you know, involved in that and, and trying to help out with it. So if folks are interested, they can they can check that out. I'm sure they have a Facebook, too. I, I think it's, is it under Animal Venom Research International? Yeah, Jim's saying, yeah, it is. So, okay. so yeah, they can they can link them on Facebook as well. Very cool. I'll make sure, uh, once again, I'll, ser- I'll search that out personally and find that and actually make sure I put that in the show notes as well. Okay, cool. 